And that music cue means I am back. Back for my August episode of the Ham Palace. The struggle is real. Struggle is always real. <laughs> oh, a couple episodes ago, I recall saying that quite a bit, and I think I might have overdone it just a little bit with that phrase. But look, struggle is real, okay? It's real, it's every day, and uh, we have to fight. We have to fight against the forces of anti-creativity. That is errands, things that get in the way of, of doing, of doing your, your, your creative work, whether that be drawing, painting, um, movie making, whatever that may be. Um, you have to rage against that because making money, just making money, that doesn't leave a mark. What leaves a mark is a body of work, folks. Something you can put out there, something that people remember you by, something that enriches the world, and um, you can do that through good deeds. You know, you can. You can be. You can do that by being a good person, by being there for people um, that love you, and and being there for people that for your, your fellow humans and strangers. You know, helping out at the food bank or what have you. But. The enemy of that, I believe, really is working at a job that you just need to work at to get by and having that drain the energy out of you. That's the enemy. It's the enemy of creativity. It's a necessary evil sometimes. Um, but you have to keep creating no matter what. You have to keep finishing. You have to keep creating a body of, of work. Or a body of helpfulness. Um, you have to keep that in your life. Okay. Um, the struggle is real. <laughs> but enough of that. I got a few things going to talk about tonight. I uh, wanted to get more than uh, one episode done for the month. But uh, unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to happen. But uh, here I am. About 1.28 in the morning. And I am talking to you. Because I believe, I believe in my podcast, I believe in it, even if nobody else does. Um, and that's one of the things I'm going to go over tonight, is um, believing in your dream, even when everyone else says nothing, um, when they when I, when they don't necessarily not don't support you, but just kind of don't see anything. <laughs> you put it out there, even if the thing... Whatever you put out there isn't your best work. Excuse me. Even if it sucks, they still nothing is said. No creative criticism is just ignored. You have to keep on going, folks. You have to keep on going. Uh, you gotta do. You gotta be a self-promoting machine. You know, you you get the energy. These days, I haven't had much energy. Um, I don't know what reason that is. I don't know if it's uh, the weight that I put on through the last uh, few years. But the energy, unfortunately, isn't quite there like it used to be. And that that's on me. That's on me. That sucks. I don't, I don't like that. Um, 
do what you gotta do, folks. You get the energy where you do. You get the energy drinks. You get the coffee. You get the green tea. You snort the coke. Okay, you get the energy, and you get that. Yeah, you, uh, you get out there. You get yourself a camera. You get yourself an artist, uh, an artistic pen. You get an uh, ink brush. Um, you do. You get your tool of choice, and and you finish it. You finish that project. You get it done. You put it out there, for people to see. Gosh dang it! That's what you got to do. Okay, for the artist in you. Um, if it's not art. You get out there and you and you put yourself out there in the situations you need to put yourself out there with, whether that's helping out, feeding the homeless, um, you know, helping out, uh, you know, going to the hospital, visiting your old, your you know, your old man, your grandpa, helping out. That's what you gotta do, you know. But we're up against it, folks. We're up against it with the job, the jobs. That force you just to work, to work, even though it's not fully utilizing your talent. All right, and I, I understand I'm getting pretty serious here for a comedy podcast. <laughs> I have to kind of, I gotta, I gotta do this for myself, folks. I, mostly this podcast. Let's face it, I'm mostly doing it for myself. I mean, I would love to have more followers on here. I mean, it's great to be on iTunes. I'm, I'm paying that five bucks a month. I'm not doing advertisements, at least not yet. I'm keeping it pretty free-flowing. Um, one of the very few friends uh, that... I, I don't know anyone else out of my friend group that does this, but it's just me because I believe in myself. And these days, you have to believe in yourself even more so than ever before. Um, especially if you don't have people, family, friends that are really into the same things you are, that are really into pushing it, um, and, and pushing yourself in different medias, and, uh, trying new things, like, it's learning the ukulele, uh, is a relatively, it's a new, brand new thing for me, uh, I've been playing it for a year and a half at least, and I've gotten a lot better at it, and it's been therapeutic, I've written songs, I'm looking at recording maybe a CD. Um, yeah, but again, I'm up against it. Every day, every day, we're up against it. Every day is a ticking clock. We only get so much time on this earth, kids. Gotta get it done. Get it done. <laughs> um, this will bring me to my... One of my topics, uh, Ricky, Ger Ricky Gervais is kind of a personal hero to me. Um, he is a self-promoting machine. Uh, he gets out there, he puts, he makes a movie, he gets out there, and he does the interviews, he does the press for it. He's his own best uh, cheerleader for his films. Um, another personal hero is, is uh, Werner Herzog. He, he does this a lot, a very similar uh, market run where he, he'll just go out there and he'll push and push and push. And he will fight for his movies to the end. They are, they are his babies. Well, that is, that is something that I have done in the past and I'm going to have to get back up on my feet and do it. And this is what we're really up against. We're up against 
people that don't really get you. I'm talking to the artist. I'm talking to people that you're going to have people that eventually sometimes they get it. But more than not, mainstream people, whether that's your friends or family, they don't really get it. They don't really get what you're doing, where you're coming from. You know what? That's too damn bad. That's too bad because you're doing it. You are doing it. You're, you're making your, your music. You're making your your art. And damn, though, they don't get forget. Let Kill that voice in your head. Kill that voice in your head that makes them, that's making them the bad guys for through the things that they don't say. I'm trying not to come off crazy here, but uh, the lack of support can be astounding sometimes when you do something creative or try something new. There can be a lot of silence. <laughs> you got to push through that. You just do. And a lot of this is in your own mind. And, uh, you know, you have to just just keep keep tearing it up. Keep finishing your projects. Keep making that body of work. Whatever you got to do, make it quicker, faster. Well, if I tell you what, if you want to do something with longer, with more quality, okay, but... In my experience, you're better off <sighs> shorter, faster, you know, as opposed to longer, drawn-out. Um, longer, drawn-out projects just take too much life uh, from you. You know, you got, you got to learn to cut back a bit. That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been learning through the editing process, through some personal projects of mine. Um... The only thing that's been lacking a little bit has been my, my marketing, but I'll get better at that. Um, some things that are in the works. Um, as you guys know, I have my blogs uh, going, and I update those. Not as regularly as I like, because they are, they are, there's three, actually four blog, blogs, but three major ones that I do. Uh, Lightning Productions, uh, which is actually lightning-prod. Uh, dot blogspot.com and then uh moving slow moving slow dot blogspot.com and griffin tutoring dot blogspot.com um soon hopefully i'll get a website domain name and uh once i decide on one <laughs> that's the real trick is coming up with a name paying the, the 20 or 30 bucks or whatever and uh getting that that getting an actual website website built isn't so bad these days. Um, so yeah, getting back to Ricky Gervais, uh, you know, he started off he him and Steve Emergent, you know, uh, did the show The Office, which I watched in two thousand, I think two thousand six, and I was actually working in an office myself um, at this at the Advisor and Source and. Um, uh, my friends, uh, my co-workers here, you know, they, uh, you know, I, I got to watch it and, uh, I borrowed it from them and I just cracked up and the dry comedy was kind of like, unlike anything that was being done at the time, uh, very, rem very reminiscent of a Spinal Tap, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, documentary. And, uh, I just really fell in love with The Office and, um, 
And, uh, you know, eventually that led to extras, and I watched that, and I I liked that a lot, too. Um, But, uh, you know, I really commend uh, Gervais for going out there and promoting his movie, you know, Life on the Road, and and making his own album. And, and, you know, it's it's a really silly album, but he just, he doesn't care. He keeps, he pushes it. And I, I love that about him. I love that, because... It just shows his belief in himself, and he thinks it's funny enough to do. I think that's the key, folks. He thinks it's funny enough. You think it's funny enough, and that's exactly, you know, Mike Myers had the same thing. He was like, you know what? You know, you can't do it for anybody else. You got to do it for yourself, you know? You got to do it for yourself, baby. That's what he said in an interview. It's like... uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you do what someone else thinks is funny, it's not really. Eventually, it's not gonna be that funny. If you you do what you think is funny, it's gonna keep you entertained, and uh, that'll carry you you through. And if people think it's funny, great. If not, well, hey, you got it out of your system, and and you you know you're your best uh, audience, and uh, that's the truest. Um, that's the truth you could get to that, to, you know, following the truth in yourself was, was, was following that impulse. Um, you know, I did that on my short film, Biology 101. I kind of followed that voice, but, uh, you know, unfortunately that didn't catch on, which you can see uh, on my YouTube channel, uh, Mustang 7, uh, Biology 101. Feel free. Um I'm not quite done with that whole concept of that character yet, but uh, I am finishing some other projects. Uh, Dark Carpentry, my short. Um, it's all on there on my blog on Griffin Tutoring. You're gonna have to archive to go back to the first page, or the, I mean the first chapter and read it in order. Don't read the ending first if you can help it, because the ending is, is the latest thing on my on my blog. <laughs> So I'll have to write another little entry just to hide that ending. Um, yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I was just thinking of some of my other uh, stories that uh, are just about finished, but not quite. They're not proofed fully. Um, names are com- aren't completely changed, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, projects can get in front of other projects and in front of other projects, and that sucks that you have to conclude them you have to finish them like i'm going back and revamping rage number one from the 90s that i did and, and i'm redoing the word balloons and you know rescanning the pages so they look a little bit better and i'm doing all this so i could put them all i could i could sell all three issues independently or i could put them all in the graphic novel but it all takes time it all takes time you have to make sure you're finishing your projects um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I really admire Ricky Gervais, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I differentiate a little bit on his, uh, views about, uh, you know, believing in, in, in God and all that, and, but that's it, everything else, it's like, I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as the guy, you know, but, uh, man, 
uh, what a hero of mine. Um, just going out there and doing it all. Uh, editing and shooting it himself, being in, you know, shooting the things that he's starring in and, and writing. And he, he's he's a bit he's a miniature he's a comedic Orson Welles. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Smith. You know, um, say what you will about him, but another hero that he just he, he bet he bet on himself and he went all in on himself and he and invested it and, and he took a chance and he did it and um i think where i've gotten in trouble in my life is that i tried to climb the ladder and that got me you know i fell off it hard <laughs> in fact climbing the ladder you know, and filmmaking and trying to get my foot in the door, that is actually been anti, you know, uh, anti-creative to me because, you know, it shows me, you know, yeah, the process can be painful sometimes when you work for a real uh, little company, you know. It can be enlightening, but sometimes it can be like, you know, it can kill that, that guerrilla filmmaking spark, that improv spark, you know. It's kind of a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing. It, it's, you know, movie shoots, TV shoots can be stressful. There can be a lot of people yelling at you if you're a PA. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's dumped on you that kind of sucks the fun out of it. And you're on your feet all day. And uh, before you know it, you, you're dipping your feet in the Epsom salt and in the bucket of water and uh you know you're looking at the computer and, and uh you know that the hot hot girls on the computer and you fall over and you know you you you, you hurt your back and it's, it's not good huh <laughs> okay not that it ever happened to me um tv what have i been watching on netflix on the old netflix Netflix, I have watched uh, Stranger Things. Now, people, I mean, this definitely ha this has a following, this show. And as soon as I watched the, ma the main titles, I knew why. I'm like, there's an amazing main, main title sequence um, with the words as they scroll into the, in, in the, under the screen. And, and uh, it's just, it's really reminiscent of... Like an 80 horror film kind of title, uh, with Carpenter, John Carpenter esque music, and uh, the whole thing's a take on Stephen King uh, movies and adaptations and John Carpenter movies, um, heavily influenced there. Um, so I was loving that. However, first episode in, you know, it's always the toughest because they got, you got to introduce the characters and you have to set up. A little something ominous at the end of it, something strange, you know, to hook. So I'm like, okay. So I watch that. I'm like, well, all right. That's the first episode. So I get the second episode, and you find a little bit more about the characters and what's going on, and a little bit more about, you know, uh, this kid that's uh, been, you know, uh, experimented on. And I'm like, okay. So they show you a little bit more. All right, third episode in. Third episode's important. Third episode, you need something to happen that's interesting. And uh, they weren't just, they quite weren't getting there quick enough for me. 
um, in episodes four, five, and six, I felt like this is going too slow. <laughs> this is going way too slow for the payoff. Better be something if they're taking this much time to set up the the threads and the plot. And um, here's the thing, folks. Uh, usually, Stephen King movies or adaptations or stories has some eccentric character. Uh, whether that's uh, um, Gary Busey in Silver Bullet or, uh, gosh, who else? Um, I'm trying to think of that guy. And uh, Skeleton Crew. Not Skeleton Crew. Um, Graveyard Shift. Um, uh, Dorif. Brad Dorif, I think. Um, so there's... There's, and the characters are usually a little bit more well-written, more rounded out. Um, Stephen King's a good, a really good writer. So it's a, it's, it's a tall task. And, uh, you know, the main characters in Stranger Things are the kids. And it is tough to write kids in general and to make them true to form, to make them really seem like kids and... and make them interesting enough to watch or fun enough to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of one of the ones that I liked when I was a kid was uh, Monster Squad. <sighs> the, the kid actors in that, they made it happen. I, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but they're very watchable and they weren't so annoying. I think Shane Black had something to do with the writing because... <laughs> The, the some of the lines were, were pretty damn funny um you know wolfman's got nards um anyway uh you know plus you got those special effects uh stan winston uh doing those creature effects pretty awesome that's a whole nother podcast and it should be told another time uh but yeah stranger things uh it 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 teased you a lot. It, it, it set up things that were like, hey, they're playing a role, playing game like Dungeons. They're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and okay, cool. And they keep, they keep alluding to, hey, there's going to be monsters in this show. And here's spoilers, so be, be careful here. There's spoilers. And um, so the show teases that there's something and otherworldly as far as creatures go, maybe for like from other dimensions. Um, but when they actually get to that, near the last couple, two to three episodes, it's kind of a one-note kind of creature. And it's like, okay, it's interesting, it's kind of freaky. But then it's like, okay, well, is that all you got? And I'm thinking, why not do this? Why not have the premise be... Um, that somehow the monsters in the other dimension are the monsters in the Dungeons and Dragons game. Or they're very close to those monsters. And those are the things they have to deal with in that extra dimension that come over. Now that would have been interesting. That would have been more of a payoff worthy of, of a show that, you know, is really has a lot of confidence in it, you know, about what it is. And it's like, here's the thing. If, if you're doing something that's kind of a throwback, you know, like, uh, and the design in this show is great. Like, everything's very 80s. The music, they get all, like, uh, 
you know, the music from the 80s, um, The Cure, uh, New Order, you name it. Um, and the way the clothes are and, and the design on the car and, and the high school that they're going to, the grade school, um, this very 80s and the design, look of everything. It's like, why not do an anthology you know, which was, that's what I was thinking the show was going to be, kind of like a Tales from the Dark Side, or, or Monsters, or something to that effect. But if you're going to do a miniseries like this, you got to be good. You know, you can't, you can't tease so much. You know, I think this series could have been shortened quite a bit by two or three episodes easily. Um, I'm not saying it's a terrible show. There definitely are some noteworthy performances, like Matthew Modine, who plays the villain in it. Um, he's very reminiscent of the villain in, in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, there's a little bit of Firestarter kind of uh, uh, vibe in, here, in, in this show. Definitely a Firestarter vibe. Um, so it has tons of potential. But I never feel that like it really reaches it because, simply because, um, I didn't feel invested enough in the characters. Um, they didn't. I didn't know what made them tick. the The characters, although they had their moments, I felt they it was they were too. It was too plot heavy. It was more about plot than it was about creating rounded out characters and how each personality was in the kids. You know, I felt like most of their dialogue was to push the plot forward. And I think that's that was a big mistake. Um, so, yeah, I was a bit, I was a little bit disappointed in that show. So, like I said, I give it like a 7 out of 10. Which, 7 out of 10 is still watchable. It is. Um, but I thought, you know, for a show that's trying so hard to be a throwback to 80s movies, horror movies, Stephen King, and that kind of genre, that I expected them to bring it a lot more. And I, I know I would have if I had a chance to write that show. So, speaking about role-playing games, I'm just going to touch on this a little bit. Uh, I've been getting back into Dungeons and Dragons and the old D&D, and I've been having a lot of fun. Um, it's been a lot of work, but it's been fun getting the old campaign settings out. Uh, you know, the old uh, Forgotten Realms that uh, I have not, never had a chance to really, you know, uh, had people have people play in that, ro that world with me, which I think is a lot of fun with all the maps. And, and and the grids and uh, all that. and I wrote an adventure, a whole module out um, back in uh, well, 2009, I think. Two, yeah, 2009, where I, I just missed the game and playing it so much and the characters that I played with my good buddy Wayne when I was a kid. You know, Wayne had this uh, uh, half-dragon, half-man humanoid monster called Draconis, and uh, I had uh, my uh, ex-pirate ranger, uh, Patch, 
and uh, he was kind of modeled on uh, on Wolverine quite a bit. Um, but I had fun with him a lot, and we we, we teamed up, and we uh, kind of you know he would DM, and I would we would both uh, kind of play at the same time, and it and uh, you know I it was, we had a few memorable little adventures there, and. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote this module, and uh, I was just on fire. I, I just never stopped writing for, like, two two to three hours straight, maybe even longer than that, maybe four, until I didn't finish until it was done. I wrote the skeleton out, the plot line, and then I just wrote all the everything. So it was definitely inspired, and, uh, you know, just this, uh, just this year, I ended up playing it with my, my good buddy, uh, and, um, you know, he enjoyed it and it kind of went off without, mostly without a hitch. And, uh, it was my first time DMing in quite a, quite a long time. Um, probably since I was in high school. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I made a little audio file for it and recorded some audio for it. You know, sang a little song from one of the characters and, uh, Man, it, it's fun to get lost in that world again. Um, so we've been playing some sessions and all that, and I've uh, been te teaching him the ropes about D&D and uh, getting him involved. Um, he's uh, kind of showed me this uh, game called Mythic, which is how to play role-playing games uh, without, a, without a DM. And uh, I kind of play uh, you know you roll percentile dice uh, against yes or no questions um, they give you a fate chart and you can play you know like oh did I did I make it cross a bridge okay and then you roll under a certain number and that says yes so okay or you could roll uh, above the number and it says no so uh oh something happened well what happened no you roll a couple numbers and it tells you well uh, there is a toll and then another thing that says uh, expected oh maybe there's a troll that expected some money before i crossed the bridge and so you kind of put that together it's interesting it's an interesting way to play role-playing games <laughs> but it's uh, the bug you know the bug bit me again and uh you know i find myself you know instead of buying the campaigns like i used to uh you know spending the big money on the modules and you know, all that which you know is cool. It's fun. Um, I mean, it, there's something cool about having a box set of, of books dedicated to a campaign fantasy world. That's it's it's a work of art, um, along with a, a rule book. But um, I pretty much download PDFs now as much as I can to save space, because you can only you can only have so many book so many books. You can only have so many books, folks. I mean, it's just. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'll probably just wrap this up here, and uh, I'll probably pick up an, another episode about role-playing, but uh, that's been very enjoyable, and on at least some level. Um, another book I, I recommend is Destiny Quest, which is kind of like a lone wolf, pick-your-own-path kind of book, but with dice, and and uh, that that's given me endless, endless hours of frustration, and... Uh, <laughs> and fun it's been fun too and uh well maybe i'll go over that in a separate episode but um 
All right, 32 minutes isn't too bad. Uh, I'm going to wrap this sucker up. And uh, this was a little less comedic, and this was a little bit more of like uh, from the heart kind of a kind of a show. And uh, remember, uh, you know, don't uh, don't give up on yourself, and keep pressing on, keep keep it moving through the naysayers and, and the silence, the silence of everyone. It's like just go through that, go through that. No, look at it this way: no one's saying anything against you. So it's just beautiful. That means you you can whatever you're putting out there artistic wise, that you you just keep keep doing it. No one's stopping you. No one is stopping you. No one is stop. No one is stopping you except yourself. I'll leave you with that. Uh, un until then, may you have long days and pleasant nights. Lost my heart to. Lady Gypsy So long ago I forgot her name But I